I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Anime Real Talk, where we discuss Japan, anime, manga, and much more. It doesn't matter if you're new to anime, if you're a casual or a complete weeb, join the conversation here. I'm Russ, and I'm joined by... Taha. And Ramin. So, guys, I feel like uh, we left we left last week's podcast on a little bit of a, a cliffhanger, anime mid-episode cliffhanger, come right. back at lunchtime. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome um, back. Yeah, welcome back, guys. So... For those of you who didn't watch last week's, this week's might not make a whole lot of sense at the beginning, but then it'll it'll make sense later on. But basically, we were we were discussing our trips to uh, Japan and Korea. Um, we didn't hear that much about Korea, I, I don't think, last week. But I think this week we should be we should be delving more into the differences between them. I'm interested to hear Tala and Raman's experiences going there because prior to meeting them. I didn't really know much about K culture at all. I didn't really have an interest in Korea other than than barbecue, as bad as that sounds. <laughs> um, but but after after becoming friends with them, it seems like it's a place that I would really really want to go to. Um, so I'm interested to hear more about their experience going there. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we can uh, get some comparisons going. Yeah. Um, so. I think last week we finished we finished the topic talking about uh, maybe some language differences. Uh, I remember that I was talking about going to the ramen shop and getting that common word, which was spicy, with the with the ramen chef talking a little bit of Japanese with him to tell him the the ramen was delicious and him getting super super excited. And I don't remember uh, Tala and Ramen if you guys had uh, a similar experience to this. I think across your travels. Yeah, I think like the biggest difference between Japan and Korea definitely is the accessibility of English. I think we like mm. kind of dipped our toes in about the accessibility part, but I think that's from what I've heard is the biggest difference is more people in Korea, I guess, a understand English a lot more. There's a lot more English in like the things like to see like board okay. signboards and stuff like more more of that i guess is in english and it's mm. more comprehensible so you'd be able to understand and move around even if you didn't have to ask people like is that mostly in in the big cities or is that did you travel like outside i of would some, say some Seoul, the biggest cities is definitely more accessible because from mm-hmm. what i've like seen in shows and stuff when you go outside of cities it's pretty much just like your like village. countryside it's very countryside mm. very village not many road signs you have to travel mm. by car anyways in those places because mm-hmm. there's no that that public transport that or is coach more... actually the public transport for korea is amazing dude oh no they, yeah, they have coach, bus but... terminals right that just go everywhere across the whole country no 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 I, I, yeah. what, I, what i'm what i'm saying is when you go to the countryside there's no trains that are getting you from a to b you always have to get a bus so a mm. car is a mm. lot more convenient in that sense is mm-hmm. like 
what I'm trying to say. But um, in terms of like English, I think from, from my experience, I've even if I didn't know the language, I'd probably be able to survive there for a couple of weeks, mm. even even a month with just English, because even if they don't speak it back to me, they know exactly what I'm telling them and they'll be able to oh, okay. yeah, maneuver yeah, me around. Yeah. Like the very first time that I went to Korea, uh, it was when I was 18. I traveled the first mm-hmm. time by myself and I arrived there. I didn't have Wi-Fi. I didn't have a new SIM. Damn, dude, that must have like, been a trip. Like your first solo trip and you go to Korea yeah. and you don't speak Korean. I had nothing. Like I understood bits and bobs of Korean and I kn- had a like very, very basic Korean down, like how mm. to say where to go and stuff like that and point. Like body language was mainly the thing that I was going going off of. I didn't know that mm. I needed to get like a Wi-Fi egg or like mm. a SIM because I was only going there for two weeks. It was just like a holiday yeah brand new place my friends were already there so my friends when i met them afterwards they were really worried because they couldn't get into contact with me they didn't know how i arrived because okay. i had no access to wi-fi with my with my <laughs> sim with my british sim i couldn't get yeah. wi-fi at the airport i had to wait until i went to the airbnb yeah to to get wi-fi and i didn't know that getting a taxi as a foreigner was a bad thing like getting right, they ripped you yeah. off oh, I my my thing was like 50 50,000 won which is approximately 40 quid 40 50 quid when bro it was more expensive in Japan man it would have cost me I less 70 quid, it would have bro. cost me less than it would have probably cost me around 5 pounds if I had taken the train oh man so I, I didn't know that. Yeah, and I had yeah, I had yeah. the cash on me. So I was like, yeah, yeah, no, you know what? 50,000 is nothing compared to like... Yeah, 50, 50 quid's like a black <laughs> yeah, pound. It's, like, it's not that bad. It was like an hour journey. So like comparatively to here, it's not as bad, but it's not recommended. Yeah, I feel like an hour in a black cab here would be more than... Oh, it'd it would be like 100 something for sure. Yeah. But I was told afterwards, like, you made a mistake of taking a cab. Yeah. And I took, the, I, took, I took the cab that was more like that would 100% rip me off not the not the ones that are inside the city which are less likely to rip you off they charge you more mm, of a yeah. regular korean price so I, I actually got ripped off um quite bad as well yeah I, uh, mine oh, was what, around in like korea or japan in korea mine was like okay. 80 pound god was like, damn. Uh, oh man yeah. even more than me thousand uh one right but I, I see why the guy ripped me off, okay? <laughs> okay. Why? Because um, this was on my last day, right, in Korea. Oh, no. And my flight was at, like, 11 a.m. And I woke up at, like, 9.30. Yeah. Right? Oh, I, I hadn't mistake. even finished um, packing properly. Oh, and no. I was yeah. staying in, like, a hotel near um, Apujong, this area, okay? So, I think... Expensive um, area. <laughs> yeah, because cause I've stayed in different areas of Korea, yeah. okay? So, I've stayed in, like, the cheap areas, cheap dorms cheap airbnbs mid-range airbnbs and then like a decent hotel as well and the man went for the fancy yeah. so, high high class <laughs> so that time right i was basically so fucking late and i checked the the the, um, the train times and i, I told the lady downstairs mm. i need to get to the airport <laughs> well, what's the <laughs> fastest way right and she was just like honestly yeah. i'll just get you a cab from outside they'll, they'll get you yeah. there in an hour okay. so my my man came right like I saw him. He was in one of these like yellow taxis, right? Put yeah. my suitcase in. I said to him, "I'm going to the airport," and he just had a smile on his face, right? Yeah. And then, <laughs> honestly, he was speeding so fucking fast, right? Because I yeah. told him, "My my, oh, I need to get it there by like eleven eleven fifteen." And on your flight's at eleven thirty, bro. Yeah, it was it was one of, one one of those <laughs> times, so right? Bad. You know, you got to check in. Fifteen minutes to check that. in. Yeah. Right? And this guy, God yeah, damn. he's like. Speeding like crazy, okay. And I'm in the back yeah. with like a suitcase to my left, and I'm just like r- flying just rocking around, around <laughs> in the back like it's a fucking circus. And I was like, yeah. oh, I don't care. I'll pay this man anything. Just get me on that flight. Yeah. yeah right. So and then luckily, gross. I still had money left over, so I hadn't really yeah. used it. And he was like eighty thousand won. I was like, here, mate, just fucking take it. I don't care if I'm getting ripped. Just take it. I'm, ca- I'm catching yeah, my so flight. You, you, you got me here. Just take it, dude. One thing. Soul drift. One. I guess two things to definitely take away from that if you are traveling to Korea for the very first time is, a, the first thing you got to do is get the get get the sim. Or a Wi-Fi egg. Same for they're, Japan, man. They're available on the airport and everybody in the airport speaks English. Like, the, if you go to a counter, even if you know Korean, they don't know that you know Korean. So they'll start speaking to you in English. Second thing to do is go to a convenience store, get a T-Money card. It's available. You just buy it, you top it up, and 
take a train. Yeah. Never take a yellow cab in Korea. Here, here, here's a tip as well. Um, it's the same in Japan. So as soon as you arrive yeah, in the Japan. airport, uh, in where well, I, I arrived in Haneda, right? Just go up to the t- yeah. um, the little machines, and it should have like a a sign. I think it's Suica or something, right? Mm. Yes, there's a sweet there's yeah. a Suica card. And there's another type of card. They'll help you get it there. In in Korea, when when I landed in Incheon. Um, before you get on the trains, let's go to the train straight away. There's like a G25, which is kind of like a their version of 7-Eleven. It's a convenience store. Just go in there and just be like, I want a <coughs> travel card. And they'll literally just uh, give it to you, topped up as well. And mm. you can just get on the train directly into central Seoul. Yeah, for foreigners in... I don't know about, I don't know about the taxi situation in Japan, but never get a yellow cab in Korea because they're the ones that overcharge the foreigners the silver cabs which are just the regular cabs they will never overcharge they they charge the same price for everybody regardless of whether you're a foreigner or korean or whatnot it's the yellow cabs that are like dangerous mm. for foreigners i'm Always. pretty sure yeah like that guy who took me to the airport he turned the meter off oh probably my meter my meter was <laughs> off because i saw <laughs> and i couldn't see the thing going off so i was like you know what fuck it i've got enough money i've got enough saved up even if it's a hundred quid i'll pay for it because i don't know shit yeah, yeah and like yeah. when i arrived i was also lost i couldn't find the airbnb like i stood yeah. it it was in like this inside the side roads there was like mi- mini shops everywhere there was a barber just in front of the airbnb mm. right so I'm like looking around. I'm trying to find on like city map of where the hell is this fucking place? I can't. I can't find it. Yeah. The one thing that really struck me was th- these guys were just chatting in the barbers, like this this lady and yeah. this the the barber. They were just like or they were chatting. They saw me confused. They came up to me and they were like, "How can we help you?" I've never mm-hmm. had that here, ever. Like living yeah. in London for the last living in London for the last like twelve years, I've never ever had someone approach me and be like, "Yeah." Oh, you look a bit confused. How can I help I'm you? I'm not going to lie. Most people are probably happy that that someone's confused. They probably just want to watch them walk around. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and the thing is, it's people true. So cynical. It looks funny, right? And yeah. like, I will, if I, if I, I've had the opportunity to help some people out here that I know that they mm. don't live here. They're clearly, they're clearly confused. Yeah. And it's like, I feel compassionate. So I'm just like, you know what? Let me, let me help out. I know the area fairly, fairly well. Other people yeah. would just like look, they wouldn't even look up because everyone's so attached to mm. their phones or to their own little conversations in, yeah. in London. I think it's, a, it's part of the culture that. as well. Like British yeah. people, they're less talkative. They're much more reserved, yeah. especially on public transport or in those areas. Yeah. But one, one thing that I wanted to kind of compare, right, was between the language skills of Japanese and Korean, like in terms of if I was going there, um, I think, yeah, I think we've, we've highlighted the difference where it'll probably be easier to go and go to Korea. <clears throat> than Japan and I think one part of well, that well just for speaking English but I think because of the I think because of the Olympics Tokyo has become a lot more English friendly and they've got a lot of I don't know if we talked about this last week but cash as well we can compare that later on oh, I don't right, want right, right, to yeah, yeah. lose your train of thought but I think um, now if you go to Tokyo there's a lot more English than even two years ago when, when we went or last year when we went because yeah. they've yeah. been teaching shop be, staff everywhere yeah, I think I'd it'll assume. be interesting to see when we go like yeah. end of this year next year um yeah. but yeah back to my train of thought right i think one of the reasons why um it's easier to get around with english in korea is a lot of their the young people there um and the people who are kind of trying to get jobs some mm-hmm. of the job requirements is to be able to speak english and have like mm-hmm. a, a decent level of english ability yeah, um, and I don't think that would be the case no, not in Japan. Not, not yeah, at all. So yeah. It's the complete opposite. It's Japanese skills. Yeah, in, exactly. What, what happens in Korea is, we, you know, in high school we've got English, maths, and science, right? Mm-hmm. But that's only for GCSE and A level. We get to pick whatever. They've got the American system where you get taught everything, and even up until yeah. they're like year thirteen, they're doing everything: yeah. English, math, yeah, science, like the yeah. whole the whole shebang, right? Terrible man, I hate. And that. they've got this thing where. They have their English tests, but it's not practical English. It's memorize the answers and yeah. get the get the results. That's what the a lot of big companies look at your like final end of year exam and what level, what like points you got for your English test, even if it's yeah. not applicable in real life. 
for them. Yeah, yeah, I've I've seen some of the English. Uh, it's probably like, the test questions. It's like, the worst. That's not even normal English should be using on a day to day basis. It makes no sense, and yeah. it doesn't help with like real life. Face to face, like it's like nineteen hundreds, like old well, Charles Dickens English. But that's just the way it is in in Korea. It's funny though because it's similar in Japan where they have they they have to learn English throughout school. I think until they're fifteen or fourteen mm. or something. There's a there's a point where you can stop learning it if you want right, to. Right, right, right. But I feel like it's the same thing where it's it's very much uh, memorization based, and not everyone is interested in learning English. Yeah. So most people you speak to will know a few words, mm-hmm. even if they're like. You're out in the boonies, yeah, and yeah. everyone speaks Japanese. There's n- not a drop of English anywhere. Some people should understand some basic oh, words for sure, because for they sure. had to learn it as children. Yeah, yeah. But um, I think that there's outside of Tokyo, especially like Kyoto, was still pretty good. Um, but I think the the smaller cities like Kanazawa, um, etc., are and Nara as well. Even though they do get some tourism, that they're, they're not made for it. Yeah. So. I think I think you get by in Tokyo, no problem. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even even when I was going into into places, most places, unless they're tiny family-run businesses, will have like an English menu, or they'll try and tell you buzzwords like spicy or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. But when you when you guys were talking about the cabs, I was gonna say the Tokyo cabs aren't rip-offs they're just hella expensive they're just regular so flat that, that's the good thing i think about japan and it's like you were saying when people see that you're confused like most people would come up to me even though they didn't speak english they spoke japanese they would mm. still like if i looked confused mm. as hell and i was like looking for something i just showed them uh i think i was in kyoto and i was trying to find the entrance to the bamboo gardens mm. and we were in like the shrine next to it and the guy just like looked at my pamphlet for the bamboo yeah, gardens yeah. and was like up, left, right, you know, like just showed me how to get there. And most people, I think, are quite honest. That's a really nice thing think, about it, yeah. I think we spoke about this before as well when we were talking about the the Great Pretender inspiration guy, the the one that was the one that was robbing people. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, Japanese yeah. people are, are, are very trusting yeah. in general. Uh, it's like obviously wild generalization, but I think uh, from being there, most people were, were super nice and accommodating. I didn't really meet anyone that was like... Yeah, that's definitely, that's definitely the same, I would say, in Korea because... Before going there, I would never leave anything lying around of my personal belongings yeah. in a coffee shop, in a McDonald's to go to the toilet. Like yeah. never, ever. I'd yeah. I'd like finish my food, hold everything in, pack everything up, even my bag, yeah. and then go to the toilet. I would never leave anything lying around yeah, ever. Yeah, for sure. But in Korea, you could leave your laptop, you could leave your expensive one thousand dollar, like one thousand yeah. pound Mac on the table in a coffee shop. Go out yeah. for di- for lunch, and then come back. Your shit's still there. Yeah. 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 What's What's funny is I was I I felt the same way. So I was like, oh, everyone's just leaving their stuff. And then I thought to myself, you know what? I'm not worried about leaving my stuff on this table and going to the bathroom mm. because of Japanese people. Yeah. I'm worried yeah. about leaving the stuff on the table for a different foreigner <laughs> exactly. that walks by and finds the stuff. Because they will be so able to like, tell oh, the my... difference, right? They'll just be yeah. like, oh, this foreigner? Oh, this foreigner must be the owner because there was another foreigner who was also sitting here. They'll just be like, oh, yeah. the foreigner's back to pick up his stuff. Yeah. They won't yeah. necessarily yeah. tell the but difference. I was, just, I was just like some some like other guy from London's finna walk by, <laughs> see, my, see my camera on the table, just <laughs> take it, even if he doesn't want a camera. No one yeah. will know. No one will ever know. Because yeah. they'll just be like, oh, the, the foreigner's thing- back. The funny, the other funny comparison I wanted to ask you about is like when. So the only time I've really seen, uh, like tourists, um, or, or other travelers talking about being ripped off, I didn't know this when I went to Japan. Mm. But Tala, you talked to me about this, and it's renting with Airbnbs. So no matter how trustworthy, the majority of people are, like it seems that there's a big Airbnb scam that happens in, especially in Tokyo, where with oh, foreigners. Shit renting airbnbs and then they turn up and they can't stay there because i think um so correct me if i'm wrong Tala, but it's it's like airbnbs aren't legal no they're not uh to to, to stay in i don't think yeah so the government le- legislation right in japan is always changing and for the most part mm-hmm. it's been anti-airbnb you can't really uh, rent out your place and a lot of these japanese listings what they essentially do is post it on airbnb um, you pay the money and then a day before you arrive, they'll pull it, right? And be like, oh, um, we can't do it anymore. Uh, yeah. Or even Damn. at the point of booking, they'll say something like, oh yeah, how about you just pay us the money um, and don't book it through here? 
can you just wow. book like these other dates or you know it's guaranteed whatever but it's very very stressful when you're booking uh like accommodation mm. and you're going you're traveling like 12 12 hours like from either uk or you know europe yeah, area, yeah, yeah. all the yeah. way there and to have your accommodation like be fucked up or not what you expect or be absolutely rinsed so it's not what you want yeah. so um in terms of airbnb the, um yeah i think that brings us to the topic of accommodation and how yeah we did our Japan trip and Korea trip. Yeah. So in Japan, I decided to stay in a business hotel instead of yeah, an Airbnb. So yeah. one thing that I was looking at as well was obviously price. Everything in fucking Tokyo is expensive to stay in. <laughs> oh, right? damn, man. If you want it in a decent location, right, it's going to be fucking yeah. horrendous. And wow. there's a lot of good Airbnbs around there. Like you mm-hmm. find them, but I was just hearing so you many don't bad know. reviews. You just don't know. Yeah so much bad yeah. hype around airbnb in mm. japan people getting cancelled um yeah just like not really great new stuff so i thought i don't want a normal hotel because you know those are fucked so we stayed in a business hotel yeah. so in japan it's a, they have a, a culture of business hotels so a lot of people who travel around the country for business they stay in yeah. these hotels and per mm-hmm. night it, it can be around and they're usually quite cheap yeah like it'd be like 30 40 pound Oh, it's not um, bad. Yeah. Per oh, night. And you'll have like yeah, a basic size. I'd say that they're, they're comparable to staying in like a Premier Inn or something, but they're usually a little bit nicer because hmm. I feel like, oh, well, Premier Inn's not bad. Premier Inn's are pretty good, but it's like, I don't know. What's the other one? Travel Lodge. Travel Lodge, Holiday Inn. I think that's probably comparable, but I think that um, they're, they're, not, they're not too expensive at all. They're usually probably the cheapest hotels hmm. that you can stay in other mm-hmm. than staying in. Uh, a hostel and right, yeah. so if you don't want to stay in a hostel or a capsule hotel you can stay in a business yeah. hotel so, so and they're usually right next to stations as well yeah so you, mm-hmm. get, you usually get like a really good location yeah mm. and they also normally come with breakfast yeah that, that was the one that thing that i was going to point out is that they're very good in terms of locations the one that i stayed yeah, in always um was near akihabara mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. oh cool it was literally like 10 minutes walk away from it and it was near the stations and everything and i actually have a a story of the hotel staff so yeah first off they were like honestly the nicest people i've ever met these hotel mm-hmm. staff right they treated me They're like so family nice. <clears throat> okay mm-hmm. and like i think i i think i said this in last week's pod episode but when i was traveling to tokyo um i was traveling from korea right and i was sick i yeah. wasn't really feeling well so oh, you didn't say that no i did i did, yeah, did, yeah. You did. <laughs> yeah. i know did the story yeah, behind yeah. it but yeah <laughs> yeah like i wasn't really feeling too well uh when okay. i was landing there like remember it was an early morning flight and yeah. I, I looked like shit i wasn't feeling well and then I, oh then yeah, my, yeah, my bag yeah. Got i searched. remember i remember now i remember yeah. now i remember and um basically i got to the hotel right i checked yeah. in and the first night right um i had fucking fevers okay i was like sweating oh, wow. it out and yeah. i decided just that whole day the first day i got there i'm just gonna chill inside the hotel because <laughs> i couldn't even okay. move properly i was like banging headache um like my arm was a bit numb i was like what the that fuck's going sucks. on right and then that night okay i went downstairs <laughs> to, to the hotel lobby and um they, they could tell i looked fucked okay so um <laughs> it actually it wasn't the night it was in the morning okay because i waited out okay it's yeah, in the morning yeah. and then i said to them oh yeah i'm not really feeling too well so i actually google translated it okay and um <clears throat> the way that in the UK, we say like a cold, flu. Right? Yeah. We just say, oh yeah, I have a cold, I have a flu. Yeah. So when I translated it to um, into Japanese, it was like... Oh God, in, they thought that you were cold. They, they, <laughs> no, no, they, they thought like the way it translated was influenza, right? Oh, and God I was damn. Like, what the oh, fuck? God. Isn't that some real strong shit? But I think that's, yeah. that's just the normal way that they handle it. So I was like Google translating this really dodgy uh symptoms man's got swine yeah. flu god damn. and it was Boy. like influenza and i was like whatever like japanese that was yeah. like trying to speak right yeah. and then the lady was like oh my gosh i thought she was about to cry okay <laughs> and she was just like so like um open to me like in terms of wanting yeah. to help me right yeah. and they were like oh just just wait here in one second and i said to them pharmacy yeah, yeah? and um yeah some old geezer pops up from behind like in one of their rooms right he's got yeah. a suit on um he comes up to me and he goes oh you want to go uh, pharmacy i was like yeah and then mine gets a paper and a pen 
and he starts drawing me a map. Yo, okay. I've seen that happen on yeah. like shows before. They, I, I found that so odd. They yeah. draw you out a map. They yeah. don't even tell yeah. you go uh, this way. They actually draw you out. And I've not seen that in Korea once. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> it's he, crazy. he literally started drawing it. And then the pharmacy I needed to go to was called a Ichigo Pharmacy. So yeah, Ichigo is pharmacy. basically a strawberry, right? <laughs> so yeah. he drew like a strawberry on, on <laughs> nice. the map, okay? And he was like, this way, that way, this way. And I was like, wow, this man doesn't even use Google Maps. He's giving this to me. I feel so like grateful. This is like <laughs> a quest, right? He's sending yeah. me on a quest. It's my it's my first yeah. first quest in Japan, right? <laughs> so at this point, damn. I was just like literally about to collapse. Right? I was like, thank you, thank you, yeah. right? Um, and then I basically went out looking for this fucking uh, pharmacy. pharmacy yeah. his, his directions were on point. I arrived <laughs> in there. And um, mm. yeah, I got some like really fucking strong meds from from yeah. from the guy inside. Yeah. So basically, in the UK, when we get antibiotics, right, we get a, a yeah. one week course, right? Yeah. So yeah. this was a one week course, um, but in two days. Wow. Damn. Yeah. What? Yeah. That's some yeah. strong I, shit. I saw I saw the amount of like uh, percentages and like she said you only need to take it two days, maybe three days, and um, I took it and I swear to God I was fucking high. <laughs> right and then great. i was like great i took it right and my head was like spinning and i was just like seeing shit okay yeah, and nice. i hadn't even properly take uh taken the trains yet and the trains is another yeah. whole fuckery right like the way <laughs> yeah. you have to read the map and my mate right stevie and a few others they're like oh yeah where we're going out to uh shibuya tonight you're coming yeah. and i was like I'm at all, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's my travel. I can't be this. I can't just stay in my whole in yeah. my uh, hotel the whole time. So, there began my psychedelic uh, trip on the trains <laughs> for the first time, <laughs> trying to get to Shibuya. And then when I got to Shibuya, I got lost in the station because it was so yeah. fucking big. Yeah, yeah. And big uh, I was seeing like hallucinations and shit, and just like mad hot everywhere. And I was just like, okay, cool. Yeah. I managed to meet up with them in front of the Hachiko statue. So yeah. Oh, <laughs> bro, I have I have a funny, a funny picture of me and my girlfriend at the Hachiko statue. Basically, we we were. Um, I wanted to go see it while I was meeting a family friend, and she tried to take a picture of me. And there were so many people taking pictures that really you get like one chance. Mm. And she took the picture, and there were like three flashes that went off at the same time. <laughs> so the picture of me and my girlfriend is like the most cursed image. <laughs> you basically can just see like our eyes on our mouths, oh. and then our face is just like completely white. white. And then the Hachiko statue is just next yeah. to us, oh. and it's such a bad picture. Oh, I, I remember, right? I had a Hachiko statue. The yeah. People form a fucking line. Yeah, they form a line yeah. to take a picture. I mean, they, they form a is line this, to take a picture and everybody then? gets a turn. In yeah. in the UK, this wouldn't fucking happen. It'd be a fucking mob. Nah, people, people would just be climbing. People's kids would be climbing yeah. on the door. And they, they'd Good stay Lord. like literally fucking uh, just an hour just to get the perfect picture. Here it was just like, yeah. take two, three pictures, 20 seconds, move on. And everybody yeah. kind of respected that rule. It was just yeah, like, yeah. 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 It's pretty cool. God damn, that's. But yeah, I think in terms of accommodation, I didn't really do too much Airbnb in Japan. I just did, oh, I just okay. heard a lot of shit. So when I went, um, obviously, I didn't know about the Airbnb situation. So I only stayed in Airbnbs, <laughs> and we stayed in one Ryokan in Kyoto, which was which was really cool. Do you want to explain really what a doing. Ryokan is? Yeah, so a Ryokan is basically a traditional Japanese uh, like inn. Okay. And uh, if you if you watch anime or whatever, you know the sliding uh, paper doors and, and that type of that type of old Edo style architectural vibe. That's what ryokans are kind of they kind of look like that because they're styled to look like a traditional ryokan from back in the right, day. Yeah. Uh, you can obviously get like more updated ones, but we I wanted to stay in one where we slept on tatami mats and whatever. Sounds so cool. Um, because because I wanted to experience that weeb. <laughs> the weep situation, the weep fantasy. Um, but yeah, when we were when we were in uh, Tokyo, I, I've mentioned this so many times. But we stayed in um, Teitoku, and uh, we stayed in an Airbnb there. And I think it was like my my girlfriend's mum booked all of the hotels, um, and she contacted all the Airbnb people uh, ahead of time, and she spoke to a lot of them. Yeah, yeah. And I think that that probably helped because she vetted out ones that were like standoffish or a bit weird. Right, right. And she only booked ones where she had like a proper conversation with the person who had the Airbnb. Hmm. So 
Uh, I think it also helped that we were booking for like six people because it's kind of hard to take a booking for like six people and then cancel it or five people and then cancel it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than like one person who's staying in a flat, it's pretty easy to just be like booking 10, one people, but you're not going to get that many families, like whole families going to one Airbnb. So that probably also weeded out more scammy Airbnb situations. Yeah. But yeah, when we were there, it was... um it was really easy to be honest and the, and the, all the airbnb places that we stayed in were super helpful they had so many signs in english explaining how to do things the funny thing as well is that all of them said please do not throw away the rubbish ah. because they have a big situation in japan with the sorting their bins and this is why a lot of foreigners can't rent accommodation because japanese people don't think that the foreigner who's renting will sort their bins correctly right. like Paper goes in here, cardboard goes in here, plastic goes in here, cans go in here, this like aluminum foil goes in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, they've got like 10 bins sometimes where it's so meticulously sorted that that if you don't do it, you get a massive fine. Right, yeah, yeah. So all of them just said, put all your rubbish in the same bin and just do not take it outside. Just leave the bin. If the bin gets full, message us in Airbnb. We will come and, and take the bin bag and give you a new bin bag. Damn. So all of the places we stayed in were like that, which was kind of funny. Um, and also the other thing that I noticed is that we didn't have a microwave in any of the places. They were all toaster ovens, which I love because I love toaster ovens. But mm. every single place we stayed in didn't have a microwave. Wait, wait, what, just what, had what's a toaster, a toaster oven? oven? So a toaster oven, I used to have one when I lived it's in two and uh, one. Qatar. But basically it's like it looks like a microwave. Yeah. yeah. But usually it opens top down yeah. instead of sideways. And inside is like it's basically a two layered tiny oven. Yeah. Okay. So. It's, it works the sim, a similar way to an oven and a toaster. Mm -hmm. So you can toast bread in it and it will toast the bread on both sides. Or you can put a little like baking tray in and use it like an oven and it will heat it with a fan yeah. and we, um, like heat it up as if it's an oven. We okay. used to have one so, here in the UK. Yeah, actually. they never, they didn't have toasters either. They just like, they solved both issues by just giving everyone a toaster oven. There was no, there was no microwaves, yeah. there was no toasters. For a couple of years. Because I don't have to buy two two appliances. For a couple of years here, we didn't have a microwave in our house. We just had a toaster oven. Bro, I don't have a microwave. Toaster ovens are so much better. Yeah. And after being there, I was like, it makes better toast than a toaster because it gets so... It gets it crisp. So crisp. And that's, that's, that's another thing about Japan. If, if you want, like, don't go there expecting good bread. If you want brown bread and like that type oh of thing but they're white bread God. they have like this milk bread and i'm not joking i had a piece of bread that was two inches thick bro they, i <laughs> just bought it in a cambini started. and it was two inches straight up it looked like half a loaf of bread and i took a knife myself and i just cut it in half to make two slices of bread <laughs> and i put yeah i remember distinctly like randomly in the airbnb there was a bunch of peanut butter that wasn't open <laughs> so i just opened the peanut butter and i had like literally the best peanut butter and jelly toasted sandwich i had in my whole life in japan which I didn't expect to, to, to happen. And now when I when I planned my second, or the second trip that I was supposed to go on, I literally found a, a bakery in Tokyo called, I think it was called Pelican Bakery. Hmm. And it specialized in this thick ass bread that I bought in the Cambini. And I was like, guys, I don't care what we do. <laughs> one day I'm going to get that thick bread again. It's the best <laughs> bread. So if you go, I recommend just, just try the thick white bread. Oh, damn. It will just be okay. like one slice in a package. Just go and buy it. Yeah, they... Yeah, don't get me started on bread. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they, but yeah, like brown bread and stuff, like you're not going to get that. You're not yeah, really going to get I, some, I don't think they've figured get baguettes out how and to whatever, do Because they like, they like French baking. There's a lot of French bakeries, but I feel like whenever you get something, it's always the flavor isn't really what you expect. It's overly sweet yeah. so, most of the time. That's the, yeah, so so yeah. when we were in Kyoto, me and my girlfriend found a French baker, a French Japanese bakery. And I think funnily enough, it was called like German bakery. <laughs> but it was all French stuff. <laughs> it was really funny. But um yeah, we, we got a bunch of things. And I remember I thought I got um, like a Danish, like a cinnamon Danish, you know, like a panoraisan. Yeah, yeah. And it tasted like banana. And I was just so confused. <laughs> banana it, was like, it looked like a Danish with the raisins yeah. in it and everything. It just, the whole thing just tasted like banana. That's so jokes. there were some some interesting things happening yeah. with the bakeries there, but but they're good. I feel like that's mm. like in terms of like bakeries and stuff, that's, that's one of the things that's similar to, to Korea. Because they have, mm. like, a lot of, like, bakeries. But I think the way they treat bread and stuff is not as a savory foods. Because they, they don't have any savory bread at all. Yeah. All bread there is sweet. Everything mm. that's bread-related is a dessert yeah. for Koreans. And, mm. and Ramen, I think you remember, there's there's a bakery called Paris Baguette. Yeah, they, so have, a Paris, a Paris they have a thing called Paris Baguette. <laughs> yeah, Paris-themed bakery <laughs> that does sweet bread. They do not sell anything 
remotely close to Paris or baguettes. Everything is very yeah. fusion. Like they have these kimchi bread things. They've, they've got like a whole bunch of like very random ass, like very new uh, like dishes. Yeah. But they, they're pretty good. Like I'm not yeah, gonna I, I remember. they're really good. Yeah, I remember I, I got a loaf of bread from there. And inside the loaf of bread was cream, cream and yeah. vanilla. <laughs> it's and there was chocolate flavored ones. There was like so much random stuff that you could get inside of bread. Yeah, yo, melon pan in Japan slaps, bro. <laughs> you get this like melon cream in the bread. It's so good. Yeah, I I would say it's one of the things that kind of is like a pet peeve for me. Not having proper bread in those countries. It's such a British it's, thing. Yeah, like such a I have. Thing. I love bread. Like. Like, I love my regular bread that we have here that I can spread Nutella. Like, I wouldn't want a sweet bread yeah. and then put Nutella on top of that because that would just ruin mm. the whole taste yeah. for me. It's really it's difficult. Because for us, I feel like bread is the main carb that yeah. we have. And then for them, right, it's rice. Exactly. So it's a complete it's opposite. It's really, really difficult to find savory bread yeah. in Korea. Actually, this might be a bit TMI, but when uh, I, I've, this is actually a very common thing for people that travel to Japan. Mm. I don't know if it's the same for Korea, and I don't know if you guys experience this. Yeah, yeah. But most people who go there, um, myself included, get like extremely constipated in the first few days that you're there because you're changing your diet oh. so much. Because mm. usually you're not going to go there, realistically speaking, and eat all of the food that you normally eat unless you're a boring person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're if you're that boring, you're probably not listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you're the type of person to go there and like buy buy British or like Kellogg's cereal yeah, and yeah, milk, yeah. like just yeah. turn off. But most people are going to go there and try and live life that other people are living there. Like you're going to have <clears throat> rice and some some type of fish or savory thing for for breakfast probably. Yeah. So for me, I was eating like I I, re I remember distinctly going to the Yamazaki Mart in Taito, which was my favorite supermarket, twenty four seven. Uh, but but I remember going there and in the morning they make a lot of the like bento boxes and, and other lunches for, for the day. Yeah, so yeah. I bought a lunch, but I ate it for breakfast every day that we were in Tokyo. Mm. And I, I remember that like, obviously that's rice and meat yeah. usually because I didn't realize this, but you, you eat vegetables, but usually as a side dish or you order it separately or you have to order a vegetarian meal and then order chicken or, or some type of meat. They don't really, not everything comes together. And so I kept ordering things, being like expecting some type of vegetable to show up and yeah. it never did. Yeah, yeah. And then at that point, you don't want to wait for someone to cook vegetables for you. So I just didn't really understand how to order food correctly. Mm -hmm. So I kept eating just rice and meat for like three days straight. And at, and at that point, I was like, bro, I just need to go and find like some figs or something just <laughs> so I can go take a dump. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. it was so difficult to, because to be honest, my body was already shocked. Yeah. And then it was just all carbs. Yeah, to be honest, I just ate a lot when I got there. So I didn't really have any problems. Uh, plenty I, of coffee, yeah, right? So I coffee helps it If down. you have ramen, I, ramen, ramen has vegetables in it. That's like one thing hmm. that always comes with some type of vegetable. So if you ate ramen a lot, you'd be fine. Yeah, I've never had that kind of problem i guess like and to be traveling honest, anywhere yeah i was just gonna say russ in in the 7-elevens in tokyo right in mm -hmm. japan right they have plenty of sandwiches like normal sandwiches like there's the egg that eggs sandwiches are so good. yeah that egg sandwich again, is it's amazing. like it's 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 uh it's like bread and and usually meat you're probably not gonna get like a mm. a vegetarian sandwich necessarily mm -hmm. or like a vegetable sandwich so i feel like that's a maybe a key consideration if you're traveling like either bring figs like i literally bought figs when i was when i thought i was going and then corona canceled it i bought dried figs <laughs> to bring so i feel yeah. like it's it's good to eat to like definitely make sure that you're ordering the side dishes yeah. like make sure you order some vegetables because if you're just eating uh like meatballs uh, you're, you're you're not gonna you're not gonna use a bath yeah <laughs> i think i have plenty of coffee it should be fine um but mm. apart from food right ramen when you went to korea how was the accommodation like yeah, so like on the contrary, like opposite to what Tala's done, because he's lived in hotels and in a co like Airbnbs, right? When you went yeah, to Korea. Yeah, cheap Airbnbs, yeah. hotels, whatever. For me, it was all three times that I've went, they were all Airbnbs. So um, mm. they're not exactly legal. They don't have they don't they don't have that system of like, oh, yeah, you can do Airbnb as like a business. Um if you get caught, I think you'd get fined for it. 
like I would get fined for it, and also probably the person who owns the property would get fined for it because they've got mm. a, I've got, they, I guess they've got like a really set rule of like property laws and stuff like that, because they've they yeah. have these weird like high prices for keychain kind of thing deposit and then rent money. It's it's a it's a weird complicated system, but it is pretty easy to get Airbnb still, like mm. and it's pretty fair to use and they're very very nice. You can get private rooms or you can get like a whole whole place to yourself. So like the first time that I went, it was, me and my friends, we got like a private like two sets of rooms. The second time I went with Stevie for a month, we got a room. And then the last time that I went in 20, it was 2018, right? Yeah, yeah 20, no, 2019, 2019. When we went, when we all went, we got like a, a whole like downstairs to ourselves. And it was like six, Pretty sweet. Bunk, like yeah. three bunk beds. And it was the whole living room to ourselves, the kitchen to ourselves. There Toilet, were other people, yeah, there were other people that were staying upstairs, which was a whole like separate listing for that one house. Yeah. But yeah, it was like, it's very, very convenient and you're able to mm. get it. Just, and I don't think people get caught because the government, I don't think gives too much about it because I haven't yeah. heard any stories of people yet being caught. So, you so I think, um, they, yeah, they play around it. So if I yeah. quickly just talk about my experience, right? So the first time I went, I stayed in a very, very cheap dormitory. Okay. So mm. the dormitory I stayed in was near Hongdae, which is more of a student area. So mm. the prices were so fucking dirt cheap. I think I paid like, yeah. uh, 14 pound per night. Okay. Oh, and mad, equally, yeah. I got the quality that was 14 pound a night. So <laughs> it, was, oh, it was a right, very right. small room. It had a shower yeah. and a toilet. The shower was on top of the toilet. And it was literally just <laughs> like one bed to, to, the, to the left hand side. And because it was yeah. a dormitory, if you got, if I walked outside of my room, there'd be like a row of doors. And yeah. So it was like literally a uni dorm. Yeah, kind of like a uni dorm. And what dorm. I didn't realize is the one that I chose was all females. So okay. there was just when, when, when I went to the kitchen, it was just all females. But it, it wasn't you... gender specific. But the people staying there were just all. Oh, all women. it just happened to be all women. Oh, okay. yeah. it was like it just happened. Like, to oh, okay. Wow, yeah. So, the, so Tala was probably rubbing his hands. <laughs> he was no like, mm, <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> but uh, when yeah, like when I spoke to them, they were all kind of students, international students, studying for mm. two to three months or whatever. And um, I yeah. The the lady who ran it was very, very nice. She remembered me. She would give me advice. She she gave me like extra mm. blankets and all this kind of shit. She was really cool. Mm -hmm. um, and then half the time, because I didn't really like, like, I didn't really like the room or anything. Uh, my yeah. friend, he was like, yeah, you should, you should stay with me. Right. So I stayed at his house uh, for quite a while. Yeah. And he lives in a really nice house in a nice area. So half yeah. the time I wasn't even in the Airbnb. <laughs> One time she caught me and she was like, oh, are you not staying there anymore? So I didn't want to tell her that is shit. <laughs> oh, no. right, so I was just like, oh yeah, I'm I'm just staying with my friends sometimes. I just like trying to try to make it sound nice. You could have just then, been like uh, you were traveling, you know? Yeah, Easiest yeah. option. You don't even need to yeah. say you could just be like, oh, I was How going to How long were you there places. for? For her, for you to be bumping into this woman and all that? I think it was like thing. a week and a half. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Okay. And Short then time. basically, because that wasn't really a good experience in terms of accommodation, I was like, okay, next time I come, I'm going to get like... A, but a is medium. it just because you're picky or was it actually not no, good? No, it wasn't actually, it wasn't good. Dude, it was 13, okay. 14 pound per night. Yeah, but for I'll, 14 pounds. I'll, I'll send you a picture. I'll send you a picture. There. Dude, you wouldn't even so, fit so in the room. Picture. Right? <laughs> no, but I mean, if I'm paying 14 pounds, I'm going to assume that I'm going to literally go there, pass out, wake up the next morning and leave, like spend absolutely th no time. I think there. the yeah, reason yeah. why you you probably ha felt like it was a bad experience because because you haven't had any experience, nor did you have the information of what the student dorms are like in Korea. They are tiny. I've seen yeah, videos yeah. upon videos like they're cheap, but they are like they're tinier than my my room right now. And mm -hmm. I believe that my room is tiny. Yeah, like okay. I wouldn't be able to stretch my leg, kind of. Yeah, maybe I size. Fit. Like, no, yeah, no exactly. Way. Like you they're, they're that small, but right. they're con they're convenient enough for students because students don't get paid as much when they're doing part time yeah. work. Like the yeah. the kind of wage thing is a bit shitty, so mm -hmm. it, it makes sense for for students. Yeah, but like if so, you're going there, yeah, it's not that. Yeah, great. So I decided the next time I go, the second time that I would stay in like a decent Airbnb and potentially, okay. um, I want to try out like a hotel. So the next mm -hmm. time I went, I split my journey. Like half of it was in a decent Airbnb, and the other half, mm -hmm. or like less than half, was basically in a hotel. 
So in the mid-range Airbnb, <clears throat> it was basically in these like new new developed towers and I'd get like mm. the whole kind of apartment to myself. And yeah, yeah. at first I was like, yeah, this is sick. It was a bit, it was a bit more. It was like, I think 30 or 40 quid um, mm -hmm. per night, right? Still not bad. And the guy mm. gave me like a whole manual and honestly, it's a really, really nice <laughs> apartment and everything. And then yeah. he goes to me, oh yeah, so this is how you're meant to get in. So the key for the actual door, dorm, right? It's in the mail room. So yeah. he goes, you got to go in and you got to go to the mail room, but you got to avoid the security guard because he's going to see a foreigner with a suitcase. So he goes, maybe uh, leave your suitcase somewhere because then if he sees a foreigner with a suitcase, he knows that they've come to stay here and it's basically Koreans yeah. living here. So something's going on. Oh, and if shit. they do ask you, uh, who, who are you staying with? Just say your friend. Okay. And he goes like, N nothing's going to go wrong. Just... Uh, um, just, just, just do as I say, right? Just follow these instructions. Yeah. So, um, well, luckily, one of my friends was in Korea already at that time. So I asked her. I was just like, "Oh, um, can we just meet before I go to my accommodation?" And she was like, "Yeah, that's fine." So I just like met her in a cafe, t told her I need to go. And get <laughs> told her I need to leave my suitcase <laughs> yeah. with you so I can get my keys. Exactly. That's it. <laughs> so you know, I need to go and get the actual key card. And um, I can't take the suitcase, so can you just stay here for a while? She was like, yeah, yeah, it's fine. So I got her coffee and everything, and so I went down. Um, I was like, proper, like, fucking Mission Impossible, right? Like, looking around the corners, <laughs> trying, to, trying to see where the CCTV cameras are. Man was opening his phone camera, flipping it around, <laughs> putting it around the corner, Trying. making sure no one yeah. was there. And then um, I got down to the mail room, right? And obviously the room number, uh, you have that like, pin yeah. to get into the mail room. Yeah. So then I tried it, and it didn't work. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. So I started panicking, right? <laughs> and then I called the guy and he was like, oh, no, no, no. Um, what? He, he couldn't remember what the pin was, but he goes, it's the first pin I sent you. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, he sent me two pins. So I think yeah. he's changing it all the time, right? So I used the first yeah. pin. Luckily, I got the pin, uh, got the card. Um, with my friend went to the accommodation, right? And uh, smooth yeah. sailing from then on out. But it was still a bit okay. like, it's it's not, it's, sus. yeah, it's not like outright, you can't do it, but it's it's a bit dodge, you know, it's a bit... It's weird. It's a bit risky. It's a bit risky. It's probably easier to just stay in a hotel. It's really hmm. weird that you had to have a key card specifically because I know that the last time that I went, obviously everything was number pads. So you just had codes. Yeah. To get so it. I had a keypad and a number yeah. pad. So first you'd have to do the keypad oh, and then you would basically release the number pad. Oh, wow. So it had like That's... double security because like the place I was staying in, it was actually, it was mid-range, but it was like really, really nice. It was a, probably like an, okay. a complex, like a neighborhood kind of thing. A lot of buildings together. Is Was this that kind of area? It was, it was a high rise. So it was like these yeah, two yeah. new Yeah, It makes sense. That's, yeah, it buildings. makes sense then for it to have yeah. double security. Because most of them are usually just like, just a keypad. You tap it and then you tap in the code. I mean, ultimately, it's just because the dude didn't want to be involved with you at all, right? So he just leaves the key in the mailroom and then the onus is on you to get it and he's not he's, he's not, not involved. Like in the firing yeah. line. He's not like giving you the key mm -hmm. card and putting himself in Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Because it's not allowed, I guess. And yeah. especially because yeah. it's like they have these rules of you have to buy the property or you need to rent it. Mm -hmm. You give a <clears throat> huge chunk of money as yeah. deposit, which is called their key card. So it's like it's a, it's a hassle to kind of if you get caught and yeah. shit like that. But yeah, it's it's a pretty good experience. I think Airbnbs are a lot more smooth sailing in Korea. Yeah. in that sense. And to be honest, well, when I stayed in the hotel, like hotels are hotels. Like there's, like I like hotels, but then there's that there's something that just feels a bit fake with hotels for me. Mm -hmm. It's like everything's too perfect and too nice. Like you, right, obviously right. you're paying <sighs> for a good service and you're getting it, but then I feel like I'm missing out on authentic culture. You know, and a lot of the hotels yeah. are always Western focused. So mm -hmm. I try to stay more in Airbnbs because you get more of a genuine feeling of the area and you can live closer yeah, to sure. the people. Um, so the third time we all went, right, there was about five or six of us. We got an Airbnb in a really, really good location. I still remember it because I found it, right? It, it is so peng. Yeah. And we had like, the really whole area, 10 minutes to the station. Um, yeah. It was perfect location. I ended up staying cheap. in three different Airbnbs that trip because I was the first one to arrive. So I went back to the Airbnb that me and Stevie stayed for a night because the lady knew me. So she was like, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Just like you can stay for a night. They usually don't take for one night, but because she knew me and I was there for a month, she was like, yeah, sure. And then after that, he Tala came, we moved into that big place. Then it was, yeah. I think, Stevie came and the two the twins came as well. 
it was, it was a really good place. Mm. And because I didn't want to, I didn't want to pay for six, for five people for just two extra nights. I was like, what kind, when, yeah. once everybody else is together, not staying in that place anymore, I moved in with another one of my friends who was also yeah, that makes sense. there. And he was like, yeah, 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 if you're only here for two nights, it's fine. You could, you can stay, stay over for two nights. Mm. I was like, yeah. So when I was planning, uh, my second trip with, with my, uh, with my brother, um, when, when we were looking for places to stay, obviously I was a bit more cautious about using Airbnbs the second time because I knew that it would be more likely to have a cancellation or something if it was less people. Yeah. Like if it wasn't a family, I run that risk. Right, right, right. Um, that other people faced. So, uh, when we were planning the Tokyo accommodation, I really wanted to try staying in a capsule hotel, even though I don't think I'm actually going to fit in the capsule. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think they're long. They're not longer than like six feet long God in most damn, cases. Man. So I don't think my feet would actually like my feet would be out of the capsule. So I was like, as much as I want to stay in one and try it, I don't actually think it's physically possible mm. unless I curl up in a small ball. Right. And I just don't sleep like that. So I was like, I'm gonna probably just not sleep for a whole night. <laughs> um. So I was like, maybe maybe I'll I'll leave one day open to try that. But um, for the most part, I think that uh, um, what are they called? I said it before. Oh yeah, hostels. I think hostels are quite good in Tokyo, and mm. they looked like on the. You can definitely find some disgusting ones. Like I found some super weird, gross-looking hostels mm. that were run by foreigners for foreigners, and it was mostly like Australian backpackers and stuff. Oh, yeah. that they were super dodgy-looking, like in really weird areas. God damn. But there's a lot of really, really nice ones, um, and and I found this one in in Tokyo, and I think it might be quite common. Where basically it was. Obviously, they're, they're kind of like rows of beds and it's less privacy, but you can sometimes pay to get a little bit more privacy and basically you'll have a bed or a double bed or, or a bunk bed, but then you get this cloth that you pull down over a small... So the beds are kind of in a small room yeah, yeah. and there's no protection, but basically you're in your own kind of room and then you pull down this big curtain. So I think that's probably good good to invest in because some of the other hostels didn't have the the privacy option you're kind of just sleeping in an open bunk bed yeah. so if you're into that i, I remember when i was looking at accommodation for tokyo specifically there's a very mm -hmm. big um kind of hostel uh culture going on there they have yeah. really a lot of really cool ones a lot of shit ones yeah but the, yeah, the really cool a, ones there's, there's no there's no in between yeah. they're just really cool or really terrible yeah. and the, the really cool ones and the good ones right they're massively sold out. Like people have booked these yeah, yeah. like a year we, we in advance. We booked those like six months in advance yeah. and there were already barely any rooms. Like we couldn't we couldn't book an actual room with a door that you can lock. They were all sold out. So we got the room that had a curtain. Yeah. Because like literally they were all booked yeah. out immediately. So I'd say when people are planning trips to Japan, right? And they want to stay in a bit more affordable. Accommodation book early. Yeah, book it at least like six months early to, to a year I'd early. say even before your flight. Yeah. Like you're you're more likely to to lose accommodation than to lose a flight to Japan. Yeah, start right, researching. Right. Accommodation, yeah. yeah, start researching about like the different um, business hotels or the really good hostels. I think business hotels are probably if like you save money going and going in a hostel. And the reason we wanted a hostel is because we wanted to save a little bit of money in Tokyo because we knew we would literally go back and sleep and wake up and leave. Yeah, yeah. Like we would never spend any time. Um, but we we booked business hotels in other cities, and obviously I stayed in the business hotel in Shinjuku, and it was an amazing amazing experience. And it's obviously a bit more private. You have your own room. You usually get breakfast included, what have you. But I think. Um, Something to think about is if you're just going to Tokyo, if I was just going to Tokyo, I wasn't going to any other city, I wasn't traveling around, I would book a business hotel. If I was traveling around, I would try and save as much money as possible in Tokyo because you're realistically speaking going to be out all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I would use that money to book something a bit more interesting in other areas. So Kyoto has a really big uh, uh, like Ryokan culture and there's a lot of Ryokans there and I think that they're really, really nice. So when we were when I was booking that, I was looking at, um, Rio Kanza, I found one that had like a business city. It was a business Rio Can. Oh. And basically, it had it had like four beds in it because we were going with um, two of our mates, yeah, yeah. and and uh, it had four separate beds. They were all in the room, and then it had a little uh, raised platform where you could have a business meeting, That's... and it had seats all around it, and it was the the seats that you see. Or it's like very traditional anime where you sit with your with your legs tucked under, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like a seat to be seated at on the floor. So it was like a floor seat. So cool. And it was really really cool. It had a balcony and everything, and it wasn't much more expensive than um, any other like normal rear can. But we could 
budget it because we saved the money in Tokyo that to, to spend a bit more on Kyoto. Right, right. And I think Kyoto doesn't get a lot of flack for it, but it's quite expensive as a city. Like, honestly, I think that, like, a lot of, there's, there's, the hotels, in my opinion, were more expensive in Kyoto than they were in Tokyo, at least when I was booking it. Wow. And I found that unless you wanted to stay in something really crappy, it was, it was better to just save a bit of money in Tokyo and spend a bit more in Kyoto for the accommodation. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's other cities like I wanted to go to Sendai this time. Sendai had a lack of hotels, to be honest oh, with you. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I was like, it, it's going to be an Airbnb in that city specifically. Right. And it's, it's a city that's a bit more north and it's a bit less touristy. But it has a lot of really cool culture and I recommend looking at it if you're going. Um, but that place seemed to be a lot more Airbnb oriented. But the way I would recommend looking for it is number one, looking for reviews on the Airbnbs. Mm-hmm. There's, there were a lot that had maybe one or two reviews. Right, right, right. And that was it. But you really want to look for ones that have at least 50 and you have different people and you click on their profile and you can say that you can see that they've stayed elsewhere. It's not just like someone generating fake reviews because you don't want to be in that situation where someone cancels last minute and you get screwed over. Yeah. Um, and then Hiroshima also um, seems to be a lot more Airbnb focused rather than hotel or hostel focused. So the hotels there are quite dated in Hiroshima. It didn't seem like they had many that were super new. Right, right. They were either you stayed in quite an old hotel or you stayed in a hostel, but the hostel was a, well, it was like a bit too expensive mm-hmm. because there's a lack of <clears throat> options there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think Hiroshima is a cool trip. I, I really recommend it for anyone that goes. Yeah. Yeah. Food is super good there as well. That That's the birthplace of Okonomiyaki. So nice. you've got to get that if you go to Hiroshima. And I'm telling you, man, like, it is it is wild. It is so so good to eat it in the city that it was invented in right. that dish. So I don't know if people know, but it's basically like a, a cabbage pancake. Right. It's like a savory cabbage yeah, yeah, pancake yeah. and it has this special sauce that goes on it. And it's just incredible. It is. Super good it's meal. Really good. Is there anything in uh, in in Korea that you recommend that someone eats for sure? Uh I think like when you go to a street vendor, right? Just get the tteokbokki. Mm-hmm. Okay, so tteokbokki is basically oh, that, rice that's cake. So good. Okay, so it's rice cake and fish, like uh, the second like fish strips, and yeah. um, they're very, very, very spicy. Okay, and very hot. So mm-hmm. when you eat it, just be a bit careful. But it is one of the most kind of authentic street food dishes. Um, apart from that, you know the general stuff: barbecue, uh, rice dishes, and to be honest, I would mm-hmm. also recommend even go even going to like. A taco, right? Mm-hmm. So, so, so the way that uh, I tasted tacos in Korean in Korea was where you, taco. Yeah. I thought you were. I thought I thought you were going to talk about something like you mean like an actual taco, like a Mexican. Yeah. Taco. So, like I really like their twists on different like Western foods or like South I think American you said this foods. About the pizza as well. Yeah. You said the pizza had some had a twist. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just okay. I would say if you, if you're a fan of you know pizza, burger, tacos, whatever, just try your favorite food in korea yeah their version will just like blow your mind and if you're if you're looking for a more traditional option obviously there's the street vendors but i would say go to the markets there's a lot of big big markets in korea they're called shijangs Mm. and they have probably the best handmade foods in in korea they're like the best place to get Mm. either nighttime food or just like market style food and real Mm. pure authentic like traditional foods yeah. they sell and them think, there and they're really, i think another really one good. that i would recommend is a thing called hot dog which is basically oh that's a so good brown sugar cinnamon pancake that's which so is very good. very hot and it's on the street vendors and when i tried it i was in busan and there's like a massive line just to get this small piece of brown sugar pancake but when you taste it and when they drizzle like kind of syrups on top and whatever it's it's amazing it's so good yeah, they, they're really, I think, really good. I think desserts in Japan are quite toned down compared to Korea um, because a lot of them are a lot more savory tasting than than super, super sweet. Oh, yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. one thing I will say is the Kambinis have... Ama- like, ice cream in Japan was really, really good. Oh. I was in... Um, I went I went to... It was like... There was one in Kyoto that I had that was super good. It was a matcha ice cream. It was just in some touristy area, but the ice cream was super good. All the Kambinis have amazing ice cream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, any ice cream that you eat in a Kambini is sick. And then, oh gosh, what is that island called? Um, Redgate Island. Let me see. I forgot. I had a brain fart. 
what is it one of those islands which has like animals on it because i know there's like a rabbit island or something ah it's it's uh so it's the um it's a kushima shrine a shrine in in miyajima so we went to miyajima island um so i had to look it up because i had a complete brain fart so we were in miyajima when the um Itsukushima shrine was being rebuilt or they were doing some work on it so it was a pretty cool time to go even though all the pictures i have of the shrine it's like the red shrine that's in the lake if you guys can think of that that shrine so all the pictures i have obviously with the construction around it but it was only for a year or two years that they were doing it so not many people will have those pictures that's how i made myself feel better about it Mm. but there was i don't know that they seemed to be a honey shop there that was there was like miyajima honey And the ice cream that I had was so goddamn good. (laughs) The honey was amazing. It was like a honey ice cream. Blew my mind. Mm. But a lot of the other desserts that I had were obviously bean, like red bean based or matcha based. And they weren't super sweet. They were a bit more savory. Right, right. That sounds really good. I think in in terms of um, healthy food, like Mm. one thing that I remember having in Korea was this thing called samgyetang. Oh, it's so good. Right. So it's, it's basically a whole chicken. Uh, okay. in a soup and inside the chicken yeah. they've put in rice and other healthy ingredients and they all this kind of stuff the, the, like the main like ingredients what's it called again um, ginseng maybe yeah 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 that's like the main ingredient for a, damn it sounds it. good yeah. so good it comes boiling hot right and like the meat just like peels away like peels mm-hmm. off the skin and you mix it in with the soup and it becomes like a broth and then you have it mm-hmm. and it's just very very healthy it's very refreshing as well like, if you've gone out on, like, a real long night out, that would wake you up mm. instantly. It's so good as well. Like, <laughs> yeah. really good. I feel like Korea and Japan have mastered, like, stews mm-hmm. and soups. Oh, for and, sure. And, like... For sure. Yeah, like, boiled meat. Mm. Like, when I was in to- uh, Tokyo with, with with a family friend, we got shabu shabu because that was her Ooh. favorite kind of, like, broth-type dish. There's there's many other types yeah. that you can get. So if you type in, like, Japanese broth restaurant... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or what have you, or type in shabu shabu, you'll see the other varieties. But that's what I had. And man, it's so good. Like you, you basically you boil everything in a, in a big pot, and the you have to like kind of skim out the. You get like a little bit of foam from cooking the yeah. meat because you're putting raw meat into the into yeah, the boiling yeah. water with the vegetables. But it ends up the broth starts off as water, and then it starts to get flavored the more you dip mm-hmm. into it. And then at the end, it just ends up becoming super, super tasty. So good. Uh, but that's something that I think not a lot of people know about that dish. So look it up. It's called shabu shabu. There's other varieties too. There's others that have like a sauce instead of um, a broth or instead of water. But um, yeah, super, super cool. Yeah. Unique dish. I think, I think without a doubt, both countries have amazing food. And oh, for we'll, sure. we'll yeah. never be able to fully compare them because there's too many good Except Food. for spaghetti bread. It's an abomination. <laughs> spaghetti yeah. bread, what in the world? <laughs> yeah. But um, I think for, for this episode, we'll we'll end it here. And then yeah. we still have lots to talk about. So we'll probably have an episode part three for this. Yeah, definitely. Next week. There's um yeah, there's still a few things I want to kind of talk about. I think it'll life, be a little making bit... friends, all that yeah. kind of stuff. I think it'll get a little bit more spicy for the next next episode. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's gonna nightlife. be more career focused though, because I had a little bit of nightlife, but not that yeah. much. But I, feel oh, like right, so right. I, I had some nightlife in Japan as well, so yeah. I can, oh, okay. I can yeah. about that. I guess it will be a little bit more spicy for the next episode on 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 the travel <laughs> uh, aspect and nightlife and stuff like that. But yeah, uh, I guess thanks again for listening to our podcast. Uh, you can contact us on our Instagram and our Twitter. And if you have any questions, queries, or suggestions to on our Gmail, animerealtalk at gmail.com. And I guess we'll catch you guys again next week, same time, on Wednesday. Bye. Yep, see you next episode. Peace. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.